Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hudson. Pat Filler. Welcome to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast, home to every bad or dumb ass who's ever straddled a top tube. You can be a part of the show on Facebook, Twitter, or dumb old email at info at packfiddler.com. Listen while working, training, or just sitting and sipping a cold one. And now your hosts, Pat Bulger and Mark Hodgson. All right, no, for the last time, they are not brothers. They think alike at times. They both try to race at times, but always just end up as... Pack Filler! Hey, everybody. Welcome to a long-awaited episode of the Pack Filler Podcast, the only podcast on iTunes full of more shit than Lance Armstrong's political aspirations. That is true. <laughs> do you like that? I like that. I, I do. But, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, he's got a great political name. It's a good oh, nom de prêt. God. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it, I'm, I can't wait to see what he's doing now. You know, just seeing the, the entire path he's starting to take with all this kind of shit. You know, I don't know. Like, I mean, Marion Barry... <laughs> I mean, Crackberry. God. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Marion Barry, for those of our listeners who were born before 1990, um, <laughs> was found to have smoked crack in Washington, D.C., and then admitted to smoking crack with the hookers and then got reelected. Yeah. Whatever so, works. I don't know. But there's one thing I just noticed, Pat, and this is something that's that's interesting, and I can't for the life of me. It's driving me We crazy. haven't even started the show, and you're going to bust my at, balls. I'm looking at your... Uh, I, I guess it would be more of a cross, but it's not really a cross. Kind of a um, hybrid. Which one? Your, the Novara. That's my wife's bike. Yeah, it's a beautiful bike. So yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Not bagging yeah. on it. But those pedals. Those pedals look like 1990. They are some older Shimano's. Yes, that is not Shimano. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think that's Shimano. No, they are. They're old SPDs. Are you? Sh- you oh, can, that you is can like get up old from your mic and look though. at them. You want? Okay, you can get on. up from your mic and look at them. They are not double sided. They're single sided. They're old SPDs. Ah, uh, see, I told you. Well, look at the ones on my my trainer bike down there. 
Oh no, I saw the Harry Gary, and that was my next comment. But those the are first ancient to pedals start too. With those with those tops, I remember yeah. when those came out. The I rem- pedals, yeah, the pedals themselves, and that yeah. was not necessarily a mountain bike pedal. No, 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 no. Not that was by a long shot. That was that was an early road pedal for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was not. I mean, that is if you are old school and on here, you know what I'm looking at. I'm going. <laughs> I might whoa, have to. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I whoa. might have to post a photo along with the show. Shut the front door. That is. <laughs> I mean, that is that is that is old school, and I had no idea. I've looked at that bike several times. It's a good looking bike. I mean, it's yeah. got, it, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you'd expect it to have cantilevers and. And like a, <laughs> you know, down tube shift. You're just saying that because of the name, right? Yeah. The brand. Oh, the no, no, not at all. I'm saying because you're going old school. That's oh. why I'm going. You'd expect to have center pull. That brakes. one's not old school, though. No, that's why I'm saying the pedals yeah. are old school. Oh, okay. That's okay. why it's like one oh, of these you, kids is doing yeah, their own thing. Is not <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. No, it's a good looking regular, except it's got a Revol rear derailleur, which I have not seen that many. I remember Revol is wheels. Shram. Shram. Rival. Oh, Rival. Yeah, it's it's a group set from Shram. Oh, Shram it's one Rival. of their Shram yeah, Rival. It's one of the Shram kits. See, I was thinking Shram Red. Yeah. No, okay, this well, is I was step thinking, down from there. See, I was thinking the Revol wheel set. No. Remember oh, those? God. Back oh, in the God. day? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking no, of because yeah. I saw the pedals. No, it's Shram Rival. It's their oh. it's their kit. Okay. Yeah. There's my ignorance coming through. No, 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 no. Once again. It's actually it's actually a great deal on a bike. We got it a while ago and um, my wife is you know, in fact the funny thing was she was the first carbon frame in the house. Well, because truth, I bought her that. Truth be told, it's a Novara, which has never been my favorite brand. I well, mean, no, I, I don't mind saying it, but he, it is a pretty bike. Yeah. It's a good-looking bike. It's a solid road frame. Could be a hybrid to with the, the front, with the geometry. I mean, it could be a hybrid. It's race fit. It's yeah. race lines. And, could, and to be funny, it's it's actually from what I understand, and I could be completely talking out my ass, but they, I had been told that it was built by Giant. It's not a bad looking bike. No. I mean the fro- the fork is great. Yeah, I mean, you the- just want to take the name off of it. Yeah, the fork is great. And then the then I, I was looking at it and I'm going, wow, those pedals are. Where did you get that bike? And so yeah. that was that was kind of funny. And then I look below and then I see a, a Harry Gary and that's steel, right? That's all steel, baby. That's all steel's real. Yep. Yep. And uh, internal lug work, though, very pretty. Oh, and there's no lugs. It's all Philip Brazed. Oh, really? Handmade, custom-made steel bike, baby. But, but Candy apple green, on. fade to black. Not a lug on the bike. Not a, not a lug on it. No. Nope. And so it's beautiful. Yeah. With the, uh, I believe, I believe um, Greg LeMond called and he wants his pedals back. <laughs> Those are so. some old, old <laughs> looks that I have because my, my, indo- that, what we're talking about here is my bike I ride actually, strangely enough, because I'll talk about the Sufferfest here, of course. That's what I ride most of my Sufferfest works, workouts on here, stationary in the house. And uh, that bike probably deserves better in life than just spending most of its days indoors. But it, he and I have spent a lot of time together, and maybe it's it's kind of this it's 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 out to pasture. This is this is Harry Gary Stud Farm. Is that an eight on the back? No, that's a nine. Oh, okay, it's a nine. My bad. Yeah. Um, is that a twelve twenty one? Twenty three. That's twenty three. It's an eleven twenty one. I like the big. An eleven twenty one. I was going to say that's. And I don't ride compact rings on front. That's a fifty three eleven. Nice. Yeah. 5311 with a 42. Yeah. And you can can hear my knees creak when I walk upstairs. (laughs) Jesus, dude, what are you doing? For those of you who are um, offended that I mistook a 21 for a 23, I'm sorry. That's all right. No, no, you're fine. Well, it's it's because most people do have 23s now. Because you can run ten gears, and it's like I why the hell wouldn't I? Why the hell wouldn't I put? What do you cut pizzas with that? Yeah, twenty five. That's huge. 
Well, I, I generally started riding the 25s when I was doing Ironmans because uh, anytime you could take the weight off your legs because you're looking at yeah. losing a minute in an Ironman didn't matter. If you rode, I mean, in yeah. my when we raced, if you were in a 21, a 42, 21, it meant you were dropped. And so it didn't matter. <laughs> why would yeah. you have a 23? Because if you're in a 23, you were dropped anyway, so yeah. why, why have yeah, it? Yeah, you're riding home. Yeah, I mean, you were just, you're basically circling the wagons and, hey, suck. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I get it, but. I did have to do. And you don't see those anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't see a 21 that often or 23. Really? I think you Are see just bigger. much bigger? Yeah, I think you see I don't, bigger rings. I mean, I've always, I've, I must be thinking old school too. And I don't think that's a 42. I think that's a 39, by the way. Oh, okay. Ring on that front. All right. But, uh. Um, I did notice that I did have to buy a shorter stem for that bike because um, in my years, I cannot stretch out as long as I used to. Either I'm getting shorter or I'm just starting to hunch like an old man. You know, there's the genital numbness that also comes into play that, that bothers me oh, the yeah. older I get. It's like, listen, I have a wife. And no, so yeah. Back back in the day, it didn't matter. No. But uh, you know, it's like I... I was in no danger of getting laid at 17. No, and most so, of the time you you were so horny, you're, yeah, you were numb. Yeah, it was no problem. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, that, I, I think uh, the shorter stem sitting up, back to mountain biking, I mean, I think that's going to be a topic. Oh you know, that yeah. is an interesting piece of your position on a mountain bike. Yeah. Something that I'm struggling with right now. Are you? Uh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I enjoy it. I, I just, my positioning and what's correct, I really need to go out with people and be looked at as opposed to, I don't know, just jumping into races. <laughs> okay. We got a lot. We got a lot to cover campers. It's been, it's been, I'm not going to lie. Um, for some reason, whenever May gets here, I always have uh, life getting in the way and it just turns into a shitstorm. And so I'm going to take 98% of the blame for the la- for their a lack of a show, but we're back. I'll take two. I'll okay. Take two. That's okay. fair. I'll take okay. three. I'll take three. I'll, I'll let you off on a percent. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'll take three. I appreciate percent. that. No problem. Um, thanks to the Sufferfest, I got to mention Dave, and uh, they've been, um, as I say, I, I love my um, my comparisons. Uh, folks at Sufferfest have been more busy than Pat McQuaid's spin control team recently. Um, Pat McQuaid's president of UCI. A lot of cyclist people oh, are going to okay. get that. That's okay, Mark. Just do your homework. Um, they have been busy. And man, they got training programs. I'm sorry I didn't study up on shitty oh, metaphors. I'm busting your balls, man. <laughs> because I know you're going to be busting mine just left and right. I'm not going to have any balls when I leave it's the studio coming. tonight. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we've actually had a pretty good month. We actually don't. Yeah, have, we aren't showing up full of contrition and and doubt. No, no. So so actually, <laughs> Which is not for once. Self loathing, contrition, and doubt probably aren't as as omnipresent in the studio as yeah. we liked. And those are a lot of big words I just used. That was for those God. of you who didn't understand. Please look them up, um, because then then send me an email as yeah. to what they mean, because I have no freaking clue. Hit, hit pause. Go take a look and see what it says. Google's fabulous. Uh, they've got uh, Dave and the Sufferfest crew and Sufferlandria now have training programs programs out. Um, absolutely awesome training programs. And they center around, of course, the videos and two to three videos a week plus outdoor workouts mixed in. And this is a tremendous, tremendous transition from oh, Sufferfest yeah. yeah. to where you're looking at real world training yeah. from the Sufferfest, something that I would say many cyclists in our area believe in. Yeah. So you're looking at real-world application to a great training tool. Ten-week programs, and um, I've, I, I can speak. I have just barely started the, the program myself. I have an intermediate program. 
I mean, I consider myself a fairly experienced bike racer, but I purchased the intermediate program just because. call. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you're going as hard as you can. So it's not like it tells you to back off because you're doing an intermediate program. It's just the time that is required to do it. Sure. But it is a classic time crunched kind of a thing. I'm doing six to eight hours a week. Sure. And um, I've noticed huge gains throughout this winter, and I'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to do over the next 10 weeks. And the other, the other piece of that is, is, and I can attest to this, is Pat's dropped, dropped pounds. Yeah. I, I mean, you can see it in his face. You can see it in his arms. I mean, he's actually dropped I'm some so, weight. I'm so hungry. No, I mean. I've dropped 16. Yeah. Since his goal no, is 20. Since January. I've dropped 20. 16. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know about you, but I've hit seven start lines so far out of the 20. It was 20 and 20 was our original deal, and I've hit seven start lines this year. And I think our friend, shit, I'm saying it early, Roger Thompson, drink. We got to bend down because the table's missing tonight. Um, I think uh, he's right that I might have to break down and do a couple runs, but I'm really hoping I don't. I'm going to have to do runs, I think, but uh, I'm hoping I'm going to try and race tomorrow night if I can get out of work early enough. I've got the oh, yeah? mountain bike in the back, okay. back of the rig already. Um so I'm set. I'll race tomorrow night, and that'll be four. Well, that was one of the first things I was going to talk about was the the true first sign of the apocalypse happening. Uh, number one, Mark Hodson purchased a mountain bike. Yes. And number two, you're, you're actually riding it in anchor Somewhat, to a degree. Yes. Yeah. Somewhat, I mean, yes. you've competed on your mountain bike since our last show. Yes, I've competed and brought home hardware. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Where do we start? By luck. By luck, we, but, yeah. but brought home hardware by luck. Yeah. Where do we start? Do we start with the 24-hour? I think so. I think well, that's that's actually a good spot to start because um, I think that's a true mountain bike race. That prompted you to buy the bike anyway out of out – of, was this a willing purchase or was this like, oh, shit, the guys are doing it? I guess. Not even not even close. I've always wanted one. Um, yeah. One of the things that that uh, Roger Thompson did this, this winter and Chris, Chris Lucas – I, I remember seeing the nighttime rides mm-hmm. that they were going on on, on the studs. road with studs. And I awesome. had nothing to put studs on this winter other than a road bike, which isn't that great for studs. I mean, no. you, you go well, from yeah. half inch to an inch and a half. had a cross and, bike. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really have – I didn't have the equipment. And so I had the uh, resources available to buy a mountain bike, a decent mountain bike. I really like my ride. It's a Trek EX8, bought at North Division Bicycle. They've taken really good care of me. They're great folks. Cool. Um, LBS, Mark's buying from the local bike shop. Yep, I did. I bought and uh, walked in there, and, and they, they, they've been fabulous. And, and actually, I've made friends that way, too. I mean, with Dave down there and, and Greg and yeah, everybody. I mean, great folks. And so they've, they've, really, they've really stood behind their product. And so I really like the Trek EX8. I believe it was Bike of the Year. Not really? this year. No, not this year, but like uh, I think 2011, 2010. It was one of the one of the bikes of the year. It's a dual suspension. Um, 26-inch wheels, not 29. 26-inch. Okay. And yeah. I think that's actually it's Achilles heel, um, yeah. as, as you'll say later in the show, I'm sure. But the 26-inch wheels do not roll as fast as the 29ers. Um, they don't. Yeah. But I think the 29ers aren't as nimble, and oddly enough, people are finding that the 27-and-a-half or the 27-inch oh, wheels, which are what are on road bikes, yeah. are the optimum wheel. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see where technology goes. I like I like the bike. It's very nimble. It is – I've really stayed upright very well. I've crashed twice, but that's, that's doing some racing and everything else yeah. with, with limited skill set. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, you're not looking at an experienced yeah. mountain biker. We're not John Tomac over yeah. here. And you're Old looking reference. At, at a pretty limited skill set on some pretty technical stuff. Uh, yeah. Under fatigue. Yeah. So I, I'm pleased. Well, this is the classic 24-hour format for those of, you know, for those of people who are thinking, what, these guys just talk about road and triathlon and running poorly. Um, but this is the classic 24-hour format. 15-mile loop, um, start at noon one day, finish at noon the next day, and you just keep going. And you can do it on teams of, well, you can do solo, teams of two, I think four, six, up to ten. Yeah, five, okay. And up to ten. Yeah. Um, and, and I pussied out because I said I had to announce the event, which I did. But, um, and, I, and we talked about it on the show. And I think I had actually kicked around the idea of a nighttime lap I think, on the show. I think, you know, you, you missed out in a way by yeah. not participating. But by the same token, you had a job to do. So, yeah. that, I mean, I, if I'm going to bust your balls on anything, not that. Because you had a job to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just how it goes. And we also do announce events. And people yeah. expect us not to have broken collarbones. So Yeah. Or, or you know. Hey, I'm going to quit for a couple hours if you don't mind and <laughs> do your race. Um, but I, I think there would have been. I think we could have had competent announcers there had you taken a lap. Yeah, I, I, I think I probably could have thrown a rock and hit you in the head. Yeah, in other so words, wasn't, you would have been there. But either way, I mean, it, it was. In fine fact, that, we should talk to him about that if we yeah. could do an announcer team. Yeah, I think we should. And and to be honest with you, that race was very cool. Yeah. I mean, I felt I actually. I went the other way. Well, I mean, like, you know, you didn't have to do it, and that's fine. And, and it wasn't that you skipped out. You, I felt, and, and maybe you felt this too, and I'd be curious what your thoughts were. Mm -hmm. I felt that actually by not doing it, you missed out oh, really? a little bit. I thought, you know, because Toad was there, you know, Todd Carrier, former, yeah. former teammate of ours. Um, Greg Welton was there, former te teammate coach type person was yeah. there. Roger was there. I was there. Chris was there. Jesse came down. We had coffee. We had a huge campsite. We yeah. had everything going on and, and really not being able to be a part of it from a competitor, which you are, oh, yeah. you know, um, would have been, I would have felt like I missed out myself. Yeah. And I, I'm not that you did, not that there was anything wrong. It's just like, yeah, I mean, there's that other side of you that went missing that day. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've been, uh, this is my fourth year of, a rate of announcing sleeping, that one. Sleeping would have been. Yeah. Nice. Sleeping was a dream come true. Um, it's been my fourth year of doing that by myself and, um, Unfortunately, there are events that that I that you and I don't get to announce together, and that that totally blows. But um, but you know what? I get to that point where I have so much fun announcing and laughing with everybody out there that it I, it never really crossed my mind. I have done that event before on a four person team, and I loved it. Um, oh yeah, and and I, you know what? And one of the things I want to talk about tonight is is the future of cycling, and and we've talked about that issue kind of a, quite a bit on the show, and. What is the future of cycling? Is there, you know, how can you get that full family festival atmosphere? And I think that type of event is just awesome. You have people, everybody's racing, but people are all racing for different things. Nobody cares. And, and I would say the, yeah. the vibe, I mean, I was so much slower than the fastest people. Yeah. Um, so much slower and everybody was positive. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't run into a-holes or anything like that. I mean... It was, and it was like a festival for the first probably what twelve hours of the race. When it gets nighttime and cold, you know, people are yeah. shutting down and sleeping and eating and stuff like that. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, it was. That's when I had pizza and beer, and then went to my RV and slept. 
And and really, really saw, thought of you guys the whole t- No, I didn't. Uh, well, I, didn't. I mean, but I was up at 12 o'clock and eating yeah. pulled pork sandwiches with Tim Arnold that they provided. <laughs> and Tim Arnold, local bike shop owner of the Bicycle Butler. Absolutely, yeah. Longtime supporter of cycling and even our team back in the day. Yeah. So, you know, love to give him a shout out. But he, uh, you know, he and I had a good chat at like, you know, one in the morning eating pulled pork sandwiches by yeah. a heater. I mean... It's a it's a fun event and it was it was really cool um, to 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 be a part of that. Hats I was off glad to, to Gino see you guys do at Round and Round. Gino and Wendy I mean, at Round and Round, yeah. Hats off. I mean, totally because they put on an event that is creating just a, a scene that is unrivaled. Yeah. It did, now, uh, though, what's so cool about that concept? Twenty four hours really had a boom about eight to ten years ago. Yep. And um, there are a lot of discussion saying that it's on the way out. Um, Not this one. No, this one's huge. I mean, these guys sell out every year. And and for those of our listeners, you know, find one of those events there. If well, if if you're into mountain biking or not, it's 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 just a great deal. Is there a format or a way in which something like that can apply to road or to? I've I talked to a friend of mine who's uh, now in Eagle, Idaho, mm-hmm. Mike Aho. Great guy, sure. uh, big big guy who works in a planning uh, to, to kind of parks department commission. He used to organize uh, Rocky Mountain Bay, right? all these types of events. Yeah. yeah, and he's talking about doing a trail run version of a twenty four hour race. Oh, yeah. Can can this oh. format cross over? Maybe no. I don't know. I mean, the problem, and I, I thought about that of, of a road bike because. I did the math in my head, and we did 21 laps of a 15-mile course. Would you want to do which lap after lap after lap miles. by yourself on a road bike? But but you Holy get to 315 shit. miles, which means we rode as a team. Yeah. If we'd have been in a car on the road just riding at that pace, mm-hmm. we would have gone to Seattle and then up to Everett. So On your bikes. In 24 hours. Yeah. If we'd have just done that. And the problem with that, doing it in a road format is, is that's awful boring. Holy Where's shit. Where's the fun? Yeah, and yeah. I think that's the piece where mountain biking really facilitates a beer garden. It really facilitates. <laughs> there wasn't one yeah. here, but there was a lot of beer for people who weren't. I mean, you know, Toad was drinking a beer every lap. and <laughs> He did his laps faster than me. So apparently that's what I laughed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, you, you, had, you had beer and, and everything else. And, and it was all kind of like, this is a great atmosphere. Could you cross that over in a road? Sure, you could, but you know you're looking at oh. packs and you're looking at night laps and death. I mean, yeah, you come down a screaming descent at 50 miles an hour. That's a lot different than than just bumping off the side of Devil's Down. Or you've got those race across America formats where you're doing an extended distance, and you could do them maybe as a team, but that logistically requires so much more, and that you're you're you've lost that party atmosphere because people aren't having a beer when they're doing Race Across America. But Race Across America was a great concept and a wonderful goal. I mean, yeah. it was a great concept, and you're going to ride across the United States, which, frankly, I want to do. I mean, yeah. I do. I want to ride my bike across America. But I want to take a summer to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my point is, is, you know, Race Across America, watching Race Across America was very oh. similar to watching watch who can mow their lawn faster. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was like... Whose oh, lawn can grow faster? No, I think it was who could mow the lawn faster. I mean, really? growing, you can't see. You could see someone mow. So you take Damn. two five-acre fields and a push mower <laughs> and go, all right, guys. Go. 
Have at it. But you got to have two, like, 60-year-old men in yeah, yeah. flip-flops and dark socks. With and... bladder problems. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, <laughs> shit, I oh gotta... he's got to stop. He can't even empty the bag now. Time out. Time out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's what Race Across America was. I mean, and, and that doesn't that doesn't negate the, the quality of athletes that did it because yeah. those guys were badass. I mean, those guys were peeing blood and, and I mean, yeah. they were oh, really Well, they're was still tough. doing it, I think. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I haven't found out, you know, Pete Pinsiers hasn't been on my speed dial or anything like that. Uh, Not like he was. No, no, um, no. But then there was the, the race we all did last weekend. Uh, it was a four or six hour option. Again, sure. off-road. Again, sure. again, mountain bike event. Um you guys chose to do it solo. Mm-hmm. You and man, who we all have to drink whenever we say Roger. It. Damn it! Um, oh, and darn you, Roger Thompson. Yeah, curse! How dare we have to actually drink from a growler? We're enjoying uh, Manny's uh, in the growler this evening out of my superhero cups. Yes, I have Batman. So if, I'm Batman. If you've been following, and oh my god, I didn't realize I I grabbed the Joker. You're Batman, and I'm the Joker. I didn't realize the contrast. I didn't. I, I had. I just b- blindly grabbed it because, for those of you who've been following Pack Filler on Twitter, I'm going to admit that I am primarily the guy who's doing the the typing with his thumbs, and um, I have been posting photos of the fact that I spent a lot of my geekdom trying to complete my Marvel Full Moon series of collector's glasses from 1976, and I completely lost my topic. And who wouldn't? But we're back to the uh, four to six hour mountain bike race. Four to six race. hour we, mountain bike we race. We completed last. Yes, weekend. Roger. That's what we did because we were talking about Roger again. Oh, darn you, Drink. Pat Bulger. Yeah. Um, but uh, you guys did it solo. Um, Jesse did it solo. Um, my wife and son and I went out and we decided to do a team. There was no team option for the four hour race. We had to do the six, quote unquote. Did you? Yeah. Well, yeah. why would you do a four though anyway? Yeah. Four with three people. Is in your eight to sixteen miles, eight mile loop. Um, nothing overly technical, but a lot of fun winding single track. Um, some ups, some downs, some berms. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I guess one of the things I'd like to contrast it to is the twenty four hour race. Yeah, had not death defying stuff, but I mean, you know, you really, you really had some some steep ups. The techni- the twenty four hour yeah, race. Yeah, twenty four yes. hour race had some steep ups. Several of them. Substantial uphills, five minute hill is a bit, yeah. Yeah. and there's uh, just some ups and downs and some some hairy spots. This was very sweeping, and for those of you who raced a lot like Little Vietnam, yeah, um, for eight miles with a couple of you could do it all in your middle ring, um, no oh, problem. Yeah. Yeah. You could do it all in your middle ring, no problem with this one. And I mean, not after you're tired, but it was it was pretty. I mean, there's a couple steep sections where you, you know, I mean, if you didn't pay attention, you could end up in trouble, but yeah, nothing, nothing vicious at all. So it was a nice contrast to something where there really were hairy sections in the 24 hour race. I mean, there are oh. parts where even on they angels call, down, they call it devils down for a reason. Yeah. But you had the go around, yeah. which was called angels. But down, even but yeah. angels down involves a negatively banked yeah. switchback. Yeah. So, I mean, you can eat it on Angels Down. I'm oh, sure yeah. people did. And, oh, people you know, get one lady broke her, broke her pelvis on Devil's Down. Oh, and, really? Yeah, I mean, there's there's injuries, and everybody kind of shrugs and goes, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, you except know? for the person who's on Devil's Down going, oh, my fucking hip. Yep, and they, I Jesus. mean, there's great support and great, great yeah. help. So, I mean, you know, you're going to be taken care of, but it just takes a minute. So this six-hour, four-hour four format, we yeah. find out about it about three days before. 
if that. And maybe yeah. the day, maybe Friday. Yeah, I found out about Friday. Yeah, and so we just kind of on a whim, I came downstairs in the morning and looked at my wife and son. Said, "Hey guys, there's a bike race this weekend. Will you guys want to do a six hour team?" And they were like, "Yeah, hell yeah!" Mm. So I was like, "Okay, Roger, we're in." And you mentioned I was I was like I don't know Mark just did the twenty four hours Is he gonna want to do be on maybe Mark will need to be on our team yeah and you went no I'm gonna step up I'm gonna do it solo well I'm no like, the, oh, wow. well no I said hey anybody got a team and you're like I don't know if it's four or six you yeah know, we do I said you know what it's four hours I'll I'll suck it up and do it oh oh man oh I didn't know that you could have you were more than welcome to be on our team uh you know what. I'm I'm pleased with how, how okay. it shook out. You know. Okay, so we get out there. We, um, it's for those of you who don't know where we are. It's about an hour drive away. From Let me stop you there, though. I oh, knew okay. I was welcome to be on your team. I just didn't know if you're going for. I'm like, if you go four people on that team for a six hour team, it's like 16 miles of riding. So yeah, it's like, not much. Yeah. I might as well just ride. I I wanted a good ride, so. but it was a quick lap. You yeah, know, when we get down to it. I was doing 30 minute laps. I think my first lap where I went easy was a 40 minute lap. Yeah, yeah. So so we get out there and um, a little confusing, uh, we got to admit. Yeah, I went off course and did the 40-minute lap. Yeah, yeah. Um, the registration I'm talking about is even confusing. Getting there, finding out where to go, get it all dialed in, and uh, making it happen. And um, um, I'm not, uh, not going to lie. Um, without our team, there would have been uh, very, few, very few starters. And yes. um, they tried to do too much. Do you think so? Because they had that trail yeah, run the, going on the at the same time. It's an adventure sports week, they're calling it. Well, it's – and I'll talk about it in the rant a little bit because yeah. I'm actually pleased. I mean, it's actually a very positive rant. But you're looking at trying to do pie in the sky yeah. with, uh, with, with good race each time. And, and I think, I think they, they fell short. If, if there's a constructive criticism, which is what I'd like this to be, they probably fell short in marketing – which is what the gentleman who ran the race Absolutely. said. Yeah. He said, you know, we just don't have the participants. And that's okay. That's, that's normal for every race. But he had like six events going on. He's got an adventure race going on this weekend. Yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, coming from a race promoter background where things don't always go as they plan and it turns into a shit show sometimes, guess what? Um, he did the best he could, and a lot of it was pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean – you know, I really got to give him a lot of credit for putting on a race and putting up the arches and putting up everything and going, there you go. And, and yeah. I got to kind of, I got to kind of throw down on his behalf of saying, what a great course you picked. I mean, Oh God. Yeah. He's got the potential. I think that is the frustration with that race is the potential for greatness is there. As a group, we all had a really good time. And mm-hmm. as a format, we were talking about the 24-hour format as compared to this and shortening it down. Oh. A six-hour race, or as I talked to somebody else, they talked about the concept of what they would call a, quote, work day, yeah. unquote, an eight-hour race. Yeah. Where you get a team, you go out there, you ride, you start at 9 a.m. and you finish at 5 p.m. And you go out there and you have a big barbecue afterwards and bam, it's done. It's not, you don't have to worry about camping, you don't have to worry about all that shit. And I was thinking, God, you know, this this format should be the next big thing. I think you're right, like a 9 to 5, you know. A work day day mountain bike race. Call it 9 to 5. The one thing I, it hit me is I used to work overnights. And like the toughest part for me was 
2.30 to about 5 a.m. Yeah. And, and it, you think you're okay. You think, oh, I could drink coffee. I could do this. You can't. No. I mean, your body really starts shutting down into its sleep rhythms right around 3 in the morning, no matter who you are, if you sleep at night. If you don't sleep at night, you get used yeah. to it. But I used to do it a lot in my toughest portions. So I would not drink coffee from 11 till 3, and then I would not brew coffee until 5. So I'd be waking oh, wow. up when – because I, I worked with kids, and I had to be awake when they were there. So, okay. But, I mean, from 3 to 5 was brutal. You couldn't watch movies. You couldn't do homework. You couldn't do – I mean, the only thing to do oh, is work. Yeah. And, and so, like, when I woke up, I mean, I'm like – I we were sitting all by the fire around 1 in the morning, and – I literally had to get in. You're my- creeping. You got to say what this job is because you're saying I'm working with kids. I'm sitting by the fire. I used to. Can, no, no. Yeah, back in the restrain. day, I used to. I'm you're sorry, creeping yeah. me out a little no, bit I used to because work- I, my overnight job was I'm going to say I was a radio DJ from oh, okay. midnight to six. So yours Same was. Thing. No, I worked at a. I worked <laughs> at risk kids at a. Uh, at a. Oh, okay, home. okay, um, okay. And so I would get up with them and do chores at five in the morning. And I mean, I wouldn't get up. I'd, I'd stay, stay awake all night. That's wow. well. When I anyway, it's a long story yeah. about me, but that's what I used to do. So, but that was always the tough part. Well, when you're racing, you know, you're done. You've raced, you know, two laps already or whatever. You did your night lap, your first night lap, and then you're waiting till 3.30 in the morning for your next person to come through. Yeah. I I started my next lap at quarter to four. Did you not sleep? I slept for like an hour. Um, Oh, wow. You know, because you're sitting by the fire at one. Yeah. You know, your your teammates are trying to figure out what they're going to do. You realize that the fire is only keeping you so warm. You're getting colder and colder because yeah, it yeah. got down to 37 degrees. So yeah. you're kind of like sitting in a tepid tub, <laughs> you know, going, well, if I get away from the fire, I'm going to be cold. I remember waking up at 2.30 going, um, this is funny. And everybody starts worrying about the same things. That's the funny yeah. part because I woke up and I'm going, oh, i got to get dressed, yeah. I mean, which means basically get naked and get dressed. And 30-some degree and weather. And 37 yeah, degrees. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, how could I get – I'm in a car. And so I started my Fire car. Fired up the car. Fired up the car, warmed up really oh. good, changed. I mean, it was probably one of the best moments, one of the best realizations of my life. <laughs> going, oh, we're okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was yeah. about ready to just suck it up and, and drop trow and, 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 yeah. and get ready and everything. But shrinkage, that was probably. Shrinkage. But it was. And, and the funny part was, Chris is like, yeah, I was watching the whole time in that car. I was making sure you wouldn't go back to sleep. <laughs> And so, you know, you're just sitting there doing that. And, yeah. you know, that's the best part about that race is it's a little gritty. It's a little tough. The, yeah. The nine to five, on the other hand, is it would just get gritty and tough and then you're done. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go through the, the oh, my God, I've got to change oh, my shit. clothes where you're yeah. literally you're cold and you don't want to change clothes. Yeah. You know? Well, and I hate to also say this, but you don't need the lights factor. I mean, you don't need that. First of all, as a promoter, that's got to be a liability issue, but because you got people plummeting down a course at, Every got hurt at night. Yeah. Um, the other piece, though, the night laps are the most fun. Oh, they are the most fun. I love riding with my lights on. I absolutely love I bought great lights. And, yeah. I mean. Oh, you bought? You didn't rent. Oh, I bought lights. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I bought a Knight Rider 1500 Lumen and then a yeah. 500 Lumen for my, no, 800 Lumen for my, my helmet. Okay, yeah. And, I mean. You're dialed. I mean, no yeah. problems. So, yeah. you know, this is bringing me uh, actually to our actual topic. Here we are, how, uh, you know, 30, 30, half an hour into the show. Um, I had a friend, and, and he was on the show earlier, Ted Chauvin. Ted, we had him sure. in the studio. Sure, sure. Um, Ted posted something very interesting uh, um, today. And, oh and it made me think about it. I was going to go this whole topic, and then I thought, holy crap, that's a great topic. Is weeknight racing killing weekend racing? 
We have, for example, tomorrow night, you and I are going to go out. And again, apparently this has become the mountain bike episode. Um, you and I are going to race our mountain bikes tomorrow night, Wednesday night race. 20 Trying bucks. to avoid the DFL. Yeah, 20 bucks. You go out there. You, you, you race. You have a great time. You can do two distances, one lap or two lap. They have usually about an eight-mile course. Mm-hmm. You can do it once or twice. You can um, a free beer afterwards because they got a beer sponsor. They got a huge giveaway, all this kind of stuff. And or, or, for example, on Tuesday nights, we're recording right now on a Tuesday night, so we didn't race tonight. We have our local Twilight Series, which is 15 bucks. You go out there, you do a 45-minute crit, or you do a um, you know 30-mile road race or something like that. And uh, so we're done. You're, you're, you're home in time for a very, very late dinner. Is the weeknight racing killing weekend races? Absolutely not. You don't think so? Nope. Nope, absolutely not. In fact, Why? bike racing historically was done in working class towns. And I know, but races. I... And in fact, when you raced and you raced competitively, you would race one weeknight re- race every week, and then you would go race a stage race. But there's a great point being brought up about the average bicycle racer being older. It is exactly. becoming an older age sport. So don't blame it on weeknight racing. Blame it on lack of juniors. No. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that, that is, that you're is, right. That is the underlying issue. But, the point. but no, I have another issue though, because here we've got, okay, I can go out, I can do my race on a Wednesday night. I can get it over and done with. And then when Johnny has his soccer games on the weekend or grandma's coming into town on the weekend, I can still do that with my family and still justify the fact that I got a race in. Okay. You can do those types of things. Um, I think that... um Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I, you know, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's just turning into this, this ease. And we've got riders, the general rider who is older, who's got other commitments in his or her life. It's a financial thing. And that's my biggest topic for tonight is that financial issue about what a race costs, Really, what do you have to charge to be able to race? And if I can go out there, and 20 bucks in my mind is still pretty spendy, but I think it's what you pay for what you get. But you're missing I, – I think, I think you're, you're basically saying that um, – okay, here's the thing. Therefore, it, it's like many people who have lung cancer smoked. Therefore, all smokers have lung cancer. 
That's what you're saying. You're saying I'm generalizing with you, everybody. Absolutely, because what you're saying is is one of the problems with big weekend races is that people are racing on the weekdays and therefore not racing on the weekends, which the weekend races are the epic races. I'll give you that. Let's go ahead. The weekend. Yeah, the weekend. Yes. The weekend races are what you race for. That's That's always been the case, whether it's weekend, I mean, whether you're traveling or whatever. Those are the races as a cyclist um, and a triathlete, I think, you are racing for those those days. Okay. To say that a training race, which is what we're talking about, Twilight Series and the mountain bike races. In theory, they are, but for a lot of people, they aren't anymore. I understand. That's gym class hero stuff. Yeah. But the problem is, is you don't have an up and coming. And the other piece that I think you're you're neglecting in your argument, this is just, this is my own, is the volunteers that come with junior racers. And that is the the huge piece is that we've always said is when a junior racer is racing, you get a mom and a dad or a mom or a dad who's volunteering, who's out there every weekend, who helps make that race happen. You get a hundred junior racers, you almost get a hundred a hundred volunteers. You get. I don't think that's the case anymore, though. No, it was the case. That's that's what's killing. Racing. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, I think you've got guys like me. Let's say I want to get my son in bike racing. I still want to race. And I think what you've got is we've got a sport that consists of, as I've said a hundred times on this show, and it's nothing racial motivated, but you've got a sport that consists of older white males. Yes. With disposable income. Yes. Older white males who are fairly selfish in their endeavors. So if Johnny wants to race and they need me to volunteer instead, I'm not going to do it. That's true. And that's my point. Or am I going to go train with Johnny when I've got a 80-mile road race coming this weekend? Am I going to go do a 30-mile ice cream ride with him? Now, I'm not saying that's what I do because that's not what I do. No, it's not. I do my Wednesday night races many times riding behind my son, telling him, you know, helping him, coaching him through the ride because, I, oh, my God, I get off on that. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. Sure. But is the average cyclist predominantly going to be a white male, predominantly going to be in his late 30s, early 40s, is that person willing to sacrifice to grow the sport? I don't think so. But the piece isn't on the 40-year-old doing the sport. You know, I mean, that's the piece is there's not the 16-year-old doing the sport. There's not the 14-year-old doing the sport. There isn't, and that's the issue. Because the 40-year-olds aren't getting the 16-year-olds into the sport. Look, let's just say it. It was not a a cyclist friendly sport. I mean, it was not like a cyclist friendly world yeah. when we started in the 1980s. Everybody looked at you, shave your legs. You yeah. Queer. But our parents weren't racing. So they were willing to volunteer. There's your point. There's, there's, that's what I'm saying is, is you're missing out on this huge resource. That's not there anymore. Yeah. It's not there. And it's not weekend racing or weekday racing. I say any racing is great, and I'm not going to blame weekday races okay. on the decline of the sport. I think that's I, – I, I think it's a great point. Okay. Um, no, and I'm, that's I'm what not, I'm doing. Yeah. I think it's yeah. an absolutely fabulous point. Um, I think it, it could have an effect, but I don't agree. And I guess – and that's, that's what I'm saying is I respectfully disagree because and, – and, and, and hopefully I'm, I'm being respectful in the way I disagree because I, I, I don't think – that you're seeing a decline in the sport and the weekend races and the epic races that we all remember and the days you did well in an epic yeah. race and everything that, that changed your life. Okay, great. But those were days. 
Okay. And those were days made by something else, and it was not detracted by current weekday racing. So what makes a race epic? What makes a race successful? I'm going to, and I said it about it many times in a rant on the way home on Saturday. Sure. Um, about the fact that my wife and son and I, and I'm not. Sunday. It was Sunday. It was Sunday. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I would say this to the promoter in front of his face. So I'm not going to bust his balls, but I'm going to tell the truth. The three of us paid $140 to, for this event. Correct. Um, in my mind, that is a lot of money. Sure. Um, was it a great event for the three of us? Absolutely. Was it worth $140? Personally, I don't think so. Um, and I want to talk about the concept of um, uh, value versus payout, maybe. I don't know a, a way to phrase it, but um, when we receive our awards and we're receiving T-shirts that, are, uh, that say 2011 on them, on them because they're hand-me-downs, that, I mean, not hand-me-downs, they're leftovers that this promoter had from several years prior, um, how about you just lower the entry fee and give me a ribbon? And because we had an awesome time, it was a great event. This was a great guy. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you're going to charge me 140 bucks, give me a shirt with 2013 on it. I I can't say that the the shirt issue is resolved today. But I think you or awards it. or any of that. You, stuff. you nailed it. You nailed it as far as saying 140 bucks if I'm going to win or do something like that. What is my payout? You know, I mean, what is yeah. what? It, let's say I show up and sweep the categories and kick ass. Okay, um, but that's not why you race. No, it one, isn't for one. So it's sixty bucks. I would I would take you back and hearken you back to a different era of how much did you pay in entry fees for the Sandpoint Stage Race and how much swag did you take back back in the day? I don't care about the swag. There you go. I never have cared but about the swag. That's my point, though. Is but I, I, you're I, looking for value in a place where. Honestly, had there been less people or more people, like a hundred people, you wouldn't have cared. Yes, I would have. I, okay, maybe I wouldn't have cared. I mean, maybe okay. that's I shouldn't because speak for you. I'm not basing my experience off of, you know, I, I don't want swag. I don't want glitzy awards. I don't want all this kind of stuff. I want to have a great ride with my family and my son, my 14 year old son, would have been just as happy with a medal around his neck. Than he would have been with, uh, honestly, a, you know, the equivalent of a Garmin GPS. He wouldn't have thought about it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? $140 is a lot of money. I looked around that venue. I looked around at what he did. I've been on the promotion side of the, the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen what things cost. That event was not worth $140. Possibly no. And, and I guess that's unfortunate in this case. But... What you do have is you had an event, you showed up, you had a great time. Value for money is always difficult to calculate. I mean, that's that's just it. It's where do you? Val- I mean, I think a great a great calculation would be the Twigs Hot Summer Nights, where you pay five dollars and you get almost invariably twenty dollars in swag back. If I ran a Hot Summer Night for five bucks, mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect a freaking thing, and I don't expect a freaking thing. Um, and that's what's, uh, I mean, I guess that's what draws even more people. They're like, holy crap, we didn't, you know, it was only five bucks and we got all this stuff. Um, if I would have paid $20 a person for the race this past weekend sure, and received a shirt that said 2011 on it, I would have gone, holy crap, thank you. 
Mm-hmm. This was awesome. My 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 thing is is it's not about what I'm getting. It's about the value. If we're talking about what's killing weekend receiving, it's the average family who who can't afford to go out there and spend 140 dollars on a race. In that way. I agree with you, but I don't think it's necessarily the organizer's fault. Absolutely it is. Weekend. He set the price. Yeah, but we all paid it. Um, not a lot of us. Well, I mean, but it, price was not the issue. Marketing was the issue. We agree that marketing was the issue. We all would have shown up um, but for you know him yeah. not telling people about it. So the issue wasn't price. The issue was we were all willing to show up. And even when we showed up and knew how many people were in the race, we still paid. I don't think I would pay the same amount next year. Okay. But all I got to say is that guy showed up, threw up inflatable arches and did the whole nine yards, timed us, did the whole thing. And, Are you and kidding me? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to gonna, I'm gonna bust some chops here for a little bit. Okay. He blew up inflatable arts, which he probably already owned. He bought a lot of food from Costco, which was probably pretty damn cheap. He timed us but with a volunteer who stood there and looked at a rotating clock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our costs are nothing right now. Okay. Am I saying that he's cheap? No, I'm not saying he's cheap. If the promoter, I don't even know his name. I'm going I'm to just say this. I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to say this. You know what? It didn't cost him shit to do this, okay? Permits, yes. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's, that's it. But he showed up and put on a goddamn race. Great. Is that worth 140 bucks? No. It was to you. You showed up and paid it. And you I knew would, the score. I showed up and paid it because I looked at my 14-year-old son in the eye who was excited to race this race, and I paid it. And I was, I was in... Sticker and, shock. And how was and how was his experience? Awesome. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about what we're paying for. What? That's not what. That's not what I paid for. That is what you paid. No, for. because next year I won't do it. Then don't do it. Don't do it. If Let he wants it. me to come back, dude, I'm not saying buy all this swag and give it to me. That's not what it's about. Understand the value of what you're charging for. But I just. I, I would look at, I mean, you look at the experience. There's, there's no quantifiable. I can look at experience way. until I'm blue in the face. You know what? It, it would have cost me less to sign up for the 24 hour race but with my didn't. family. But you didn't. But I could have done it for less. And I'll tell you what, that race is worth its money. It, You're chip timed, which costs a hell of a lot fed. of money. You're fed, which costs a hell of a lot of money. You are receiving all kinds of stuff, which costs a hell of a lot of money. Okay. Value versus what you know, what you pay versus what you get in return. I don't think that was a fair price. I personally think doing a Wednesday night series, Eric Ewing, buddy of mine, I think twenty bucks is a lot for a race. But I think they make up for it in what they give what they back offer. to the customers. I, I don't disagree as far as if you're looking at value, but maybe that's a problem with racing because you're you're looking at what is quantifiable versus what yeah. is not quantifiable by if I were to go ask Jackson right now, your son, how was last weekend? He'd say, awesome. I would too. It was awesome. If you were to ask me how it was, so I I'll, will say awesome. So I'll give you $100 right now to convince Jackson that last weekend sucked. Is that worth the money? I could I could do it. Okay, good. 100 bucks. I don't want to. Because <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 100 no. bucks. I mean, it's 40 bucks. Your whole family raced for 40 bucks. But you know what? When you have a family... Who can afford only so much? Okay, we're talking about limited resources. Yeah, sure. Cycling is an expensive sport, hugely. 
insanely expensive sport. Huge. Add on to that the fact that for me to go out there, now promoters need to make money. They need to make a, they, they're not doing this because they're happy, loving, giving people. But no one is. But, oh shit, I hope not. But you know what? I think you have to reach a point where you need to say, honestly, what will the market bear? I mean, I guess that's the biggest problem. We are we are all schmucks who are walking up and blindly writing checks. Now, if I sign up for an Ironman and I'm paying 500 bones for that race, somebody's stripping off my wetsuit. wetsuit. I'm I'm paid. I'm pampered. I am spoiled it's from nice. day one to day end. You know what? I paid a quarter of that. Mm-hmm. No, and I wasn't pampered. Well, oh, a tenth of it. It's like 700 now. Oh, shit, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's a lot. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is... Uh, this the, is me being an uptight asshole is what it is. Nothing, but no, I'm no, trying no. to play a little devil's advocate I think I think it's a, it's a well-placed question because there's so many races out there. But you look at... I, I, it's, it's a two-part question. One is, what is how do you give value for racing? And that is a yeah. huge question. That's a big deal and a huge question. The second piece of it, though, is... I don't remember. Do you know what an MCR is? Meals no can't do you remember back, do you remember back when certain people um upgraded and you couldn't figure out how they did it yeah mysterious Canadian races oh <laughs> and so I would say I actually think you know most of those people weren't lying I think there were a lot of races that did okay show up you took third it's USCF yeah you know I mean the USCF had no problem with it no back when there was a USCF but I, 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 United States Cycling Federation for those of our listeners who are ignorant and, uh, no, <laughs> or, or under the age, under of the age of 40. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think, I think you get to the UCF and, and, and the upgrade policies at that time. Yeah. And you know, we always called them MCRs. I mean, there was the, it's like, wow, I've never heard that. How'd like you get that. to the two? Oh, wow. Yeah, MCR. MCR. Good. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think there are a couple of people that I know of that really did upgrade on MCR. Yeah. And, uh, and so, when you get there, let's say they showed up, and and I remember going to I think Nelson was a a smaller race, and there was there's one race I think it was Nelson Nelson or, or Kimberly Kimberly. Yeah. Kimberly was a race that you could do well at you know you could do well at if you just showed up fit. Um, I mean you could it hang. grew over the years though I it grew but I mean you had that that it was a circuit race with like the maximum was a one one mile gradual climb and yeah. if you pack it wasn't that hard yeah so you. You'd go and you could do those races and, and maybe place an upgrade, but you were racing purely for racing. And so I think that is the first piece that's missed by your argument, in my opinion, uh, is that you are racing first to race. If you were to, I don't think you could, Jack's had a pretty good weekend. My he opinion. had a great weekend. And, and, and I, th- I don't think you could put a price tag on that, nor could you put a price tag on the MCRs or the Kimberleys. And that's why you race first. The second piece, though, and I think this is where you hit it hard, is how do you justify a $140 entry fee? I mean, you'd go to Disney World for that I mean, yeah. almost. I mean, you could, you could do a lot of stuff for that money. So how do you justify that as a race promoter? Because there is the monetary factor. I think you go back to the trifusion model of you know hot summer nights, and those are the you almost need a grassroots position, and and I think it's it's kind of a combo of twenty four hour race, four hour race, five dollar entry fees, short you know large sponsors, yeah. those types of things. How do you get value? Sponsors, 
quit trying to make money off of the entry fee. It's like our, if you're running a bar and you're, you're all focused on the door fee, no, you're selling drinks. Yeah. And the way you make money is sponsors. So that's the problem, and you're right there, is that people are trying to make money off of the entry, entry fee. Fees. That's a door fee. Yeah. That's a door fee for a bar. It's great. You're selling drinks. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the problem. So to get to your point, that is the issue with cycling right now. That's a great way to put it, actually. Because That's actually a brilliant way to put it because here I am thinking about this fact. My kid had a great time last weekend. Um, do I want him to be a mountain cyclist? No, I want him to be a road cyclist. But am I am I happy that he's uh, straddling a top tube and riding his bike? That's like that's he's a, sort of not gay. That, that's <laughs> um, at least at least he's got full sleeves. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm just happy with that. Um, but can I afford to do that every weekend? 140 bucks every weekend? No, fuck no. There's no way I can do it. And that's the thing that we're running into where. Um, You've got big stage races. Would I love to go do a stage race? Oh my god! I would. I mean, uh, would I? I would rather do two, three stage weekend stage races instead of a whole season of Wednesday night or Tuesday night races in a minute. Because you know the difference. I love stage racing. Yeah. And I think I think a cyclist when you're in a stage race, it is an experience in itself. It is real bike racing. It is racing, eating. Sleeping, yeah. racing, eating, sleeping, looking at results. Oh, shit, God, go back. Oh, go back. shit, Look I broke my results. chain. I got yeah. you know, or I broke a spoke or something like that. Yep. You know, and that is beauty. That is the great part of the sport. And I think that's disappearing uh, because a lot of these weekend promoters are running into these situations. Are they running into problems with sp- sponsors? I don't know. Are they running into problems with the fact that all our freaking heroes are doped up and, and nobody wants to pay for this anymore? I don't know. Um, so shit, you know, but, um, and then you look at some of those big successful events you've got, and I'm going to switch sports. You've got stuff like that muddy buddy. You've got the Spartan, you've got the pig dash or whatever that shit is where people are running dirty dash, dirty dash. Yeah. You've got all those kind of things like that. And you've got the 24 hours. You've got family weekend triathlon events that we attend and we're going to be announcing this year. Sure. Um, stuff where it's multiple distance events. And a fun run and a half marathon happening in the same event. Does cycling have to go to that realm? Do they need to go to that realm? Is this something that it's like, do we have a Grand Fondo and a crit and a eight-hour mountain bike race in the same weekend? No. I think that's a, that's a flawed model. Yeah. Um, Grand I Fondos think- are huge right now. And I, people are paying through the nose for Grand Fondos, but they're getting what they're paying for. Yeah, well, then figure out how to, how to provide it. And it's not through selling the door fee. You're selling drinks. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. the key. You, I mean, you know, there's, there's a way that it's really cool, and that's because Power Bar provides all this support. So promoters are at the point where they're not selling their product to the right people. They're yeah. trying to get the money from the riders, or the competitors, instead of the, the the corporate sponsors. Is what you're saying? Well, why do you think Trek sponsors a race? Because they really want a, a little portion of that that entry fee, or do they want someone to buy one bike? Yeah, is I mean, and I'm that, in complete agreement with you. That, that's what I'm saying. If if you sponsor a hundred races and you sell a hundred bikes, it makes sense all of a sudden. Um, I'm yeah. just saying is, is quit thinking locally, look globally and then act locally. Um, that's, that's the issue is, is, you know, we look at things of like, well, what can I do for me? Well, if I do it for me, then it's not going to work. Twigs, hot summer nights is a great example. We tried to lose money on it. 
Yeah. The idea was to lose money. We had too much money in the account at the time. We were trying and to get a five hundred one c three. Yeah. We we're okay. trying to lose money. We didn't know at the time that you could have money in your account, but <laughs> we we're we we're trying to lose money at the time. We bought all this stuff for it. I mean, we did everything we could, and we still made money. But the idea was that you gave value back, and now they can't help but make money on it at the same gosh darn fee. But you also have a cadre of volunteers that show up and do their job and cadre? make it happen. Yeah, look it up. And so, okay. I mean, you have these, these this, this, this. How do you spell that? C A D R E. Okay. And so uh, you 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 have this this group of people that show up and actually do the the job they're supposed to do. That is the piece, and I think Jared Jackson's dad is the prime example Jesus. of 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 someone. You know, Jared Jared was a little socially awkward. Good kid, strong rider, awesome guy, um, yeah. nice guy, good kid, strong rider. Dad showed up and put his heart and soul into everything. Oh, and Jesus! He bought he bought fencing for Christ's sake. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Though, Not is, to keep his kids in for for crits yeah, and stuff I mean, like that. But that's what you're talking about. It's like <laughs> you stay in the yard you, there. You just, you just get, do I need to get the hose? Damn it! I got to buy some fucking you, fence. Yeah, I'm gonna buy some fence on you. I'm gonna, just, I'll hose you down. You're just going I'll wherever you. the fuck they want. Jared, quit so anyway, hitting the hay bale. I totally um, interrupted you. So, but I mean, you talk about it, or Roger Thompson's mom and drink. drink. Um, but she, oh my god, yeah. She showed up, volunteered, and then became one of the top officials in Washington State. And the master of a, of a smooth registration process. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she had it down. Yeah. And so you look because, at these... Because, as I said, not to call my earlier quote, but because she didn't race. I think a lot of that happens because they didn't I race. don't disagree, but what I'm saying is, is volunteers make the difference. And I say that at every, announce, every time we announce a race, everything. Yeah. Volunteers make the difference. And volunteers who give a damn... Even better. You know what? Guy this weekend, this past weekend. Yeah. I think if you're going to give shirts out to everybody, especially the 2011 shirts, hmm. give every volunteer a really nice high-tech 2011 shirt. Yeah. I mean, he was not – I mean, I got to admit, I know you're a little disappointed in your swag. I got a really nice I don't jacket. give a shit about swag. I don't I give a shit saying, about swag. I think – I bet those volunteers have like a national champion's jersey. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I mean you did. You got, a, you got a jacket that he had that said regional champion on USA. it. USA. Like, I mean, I'm – fuck? <laughs> Where did this regional, come from? I have a regional champion yeah. um, adventure racing I'm, thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But again, no, okay. Well, I don't want to get back. And we don't need to create loops here. But I mean – I, I honestly, I appreciated last week's race. Just for I did to do. too, one hundred percent. I did too. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm busting the guy's chops. And if he wants to come, I, and I don't even know his name. If he wanted to come on the show and and bust mine back, please do. Um, if you guys know the guy who put on this race, um, tell me because I'd love to talk to him. Because and I don't want to get into a dick measuring match, but what I want to get into the fact is, you know, justifying maybe maybe he maybe the park that we were in cost a fortune to permit. Maybe there are certain things that cost a, an asslow to make happen. He bought food. He bought kind of stuff like that. Um, and maybe I'm missing something. But, but if I am, I'd like to be aware of it. I don't know. I've tried to make you aware of it. You just don't listen. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Just, what? No, it's <laughs> just giving me a bad time. But I, I look at him. I look at him similar to uh, Marla, um, mm -hmm. and who's a great. She does promote some fabulous races awesome in the races. area. Yeah, she's also you know she was doing those duathlons and things like that that just didn't work out for her. 
you know, and not not because she's a bad person or anything, that the races just didn't work it out. It just for didn't her. click, yeah. Sometimes so, Jesus, I put on a trail run series last May that sucked donkey balls. That it happens. Was, yeah, nobody came out for them. That happens. We put on great races. The people who came out said, these are great races. We don't know why anybody's coming out. Well, it's marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. That's that's why I kind of I kind of go. You know, I'm I'm a little, I'm a little more positive. I would say towards that experience because I really thought, you know what, six people, ten people, I don't know how many people. Well, twenty people, I guess, showed up to your race, including trail runners, and you put on a race and you stayed there and then you barbecued for us. Um, I'm okay with that, and I'm appreciative of that. Please don't think I'm not appreciative of that. What I am not appreciative of the fact is that. If 5,000 people showed up, it still would have been 145 bucks. That, if mm-hmm. two people showed up, it would have been 145 bucks. Well, if 5,000 people show up, it would have been a shit show. Um, oh, it would have been a nightmare. Yeah, it would have been a nightmare. But you know what? At least he did something. That's what, like the Marla factor, I guess, is Marla showed up and did something when no one else was willing to do it. And for that reason, yeah. I'm forever respectful of her because she showed up and put on races, some of which she no longer puts on because they didn't work. Yeah. And that's not well, you her learn. fault. You, you learn to move you know, on. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, she showed up and she did it when no one else was doing it. And for that reason, I'm very appreciative. So we'll move on to the next topic. But. No, I don't. I don't know. You know, and I, I, I have another topic, but we're we're reaching already the hour mark in our show, oh, and I, you know what? I, I'm going to hold that other topic off. I would like to touch base on it that here the zero is coming to a Ooh. conclusion. We've had more doping uh, accusations, fucking arrests. Yeah, Dan, Danilo Deluca. If you're ever listening to this show, fuck you. You've ruined my sport, you asshole. You've been accused three times now. Go to hell, you dick. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I just On that, that, I'll that agree. shit pisses me off. Um, people getting busted now for for doping. Uh, right now, you dick. You're just putting another fucking thing in there. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. Um, it's it's making me mad. But I, I would also like to talk maybe in a future show about about the marketability of of cycling and and if it is truly a spectator sport, especially on TV. I would say yes, and the reason I would say yes is because it has been. Um, and Do you reason... watch triathlon on TV? Why? Okay. Um, I think a lot of people look at the, us the same way and say, why would you watch a bike race on TV? It's well, Phil and Paul, Phil and Paul, Phil and Paul. Yeah, Phil and Paul. And Now but, they're excited, and then it's over. But I think you, the, the piece, I would look back towards the 1980s coverage of the Tour de France with Greg LeMond. When oh, he won the first Jesus. Time and, and with John Tesh. Yeah. That's how it's a spectator sport. It's moments. And that's what nobody gets. Yeah. Nobody. Here's the thing. And here's the, the secret, the dirty little secret of cycling is that when you're in a field of 100 to 200 people and you hear all the free wheels going and you're in a 50 mile an hour descent and you're, you're three inches away from everybody on all yeah. sides and you're fine. Yeah. And you're comfortable and you're in the moment. And it's your your senses are heightened to a sense that no drug could ever create. Yeah, no drug could ever touch that. I don't think hitting a fifty mile an hour descent with people on on, I just, on all sides. I of don't you. need a fifty mile an hour descent. I need a crit or I need a yeah. climb when I'm going. Oh shit! Am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? But that's just it. When you dig down and dig a little deeper than you thought you could. Yeah, and you just go. I'm going to see if there's something there, and there is. Okay. Yeah. You know that's. Something that can't be filmed. And for those who race it, 
awesome. Then you however, appreciate it because, however, you've, because you've experienced it. Yeah. However, you can see some of that on TV better than any other sport in America because you could see that in the 1980s tour coverage. You could yeah. see Greg LeMond going past Bernardino. You could see all that, and you yeah. could see the moment and the – the, the the seeing when Greg LeMond won the tour by nine seconds. Yeah, the Fignon year. The yeah, Fignon year. Yeah, seven to nine yeah. seconds. I yeah. forget which it, which it was, but when he 11. won that, and you were on the edge of your seat. Oh, it God has yeah. to be edited. There are moments that are less than exciting. Yeah. Um, there are moments when I've peed. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that probably doesn't need to be filmed. Yeah. So yes, it's a different sport. It's a quirky sort of person who wants to hurt that bad. And so to go ahead and, 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 like, watch people in, like, if you're to watch someone for 24 hours and watch them go to the bathroom and watch them do all these, yeah. these boring things, that's great. But the, the spectacular parts are filmable. And that's, it's like, it's like football, but you just got to cut out the boring part. <laughs> so. The huddle. It'd be like if you didn't have to film the huddle and you could just film the whole thing. Or. Think football would be the most exciting sport in the world. What would baseball be? It would be. Lame, always. I mean, there's just yeah, there wouldn't be do. anything there's because you can't you can you edit out the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. We do need to. Speaking of which, before I get you onto your rant, mm-hmm. we need to talk about where we're going to be, man, because um, oh, we've yeah. got a big dog coming up here soon. Your your little baby got your Founders Day Founders Day. Yep. Um Once again, marketed not as well. I don't think I'll be doing it next year, but we do have that coming up. We do have support from the Qantas Club. We have all the gear and everything coming f- coming through them. If you we are a triathlete have... within the sound of my voice yeah. and you have that day open, uh, Mark, come on uh, down, uh, June fifteenth, fifteenth. Get over there. It's a f- awesome. Best little, course. I ever. don't mean to call it a little race, but it is a great little race. It's one of those kinds you you come out, you fun. The community's behind it, and everything's great. It's it's a hoot. It's super fun. Get your butt out there and use it for training, yeah. just or use it as your as your first try or, or something like that. Get even your A race. It. Yeah, it's it's a great gig and it's a great race. So this will, this will probably be the last year I'm putting it on, but we got a new ramp, we got everything, oh, we're ready to go. Right um, on. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on, but uh, yeah, I'd say the marketing's probably down on this. I. I work too much to be a race promoter. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, it's just, oh, yeah. And then I have Oops. a daughter yeah. and, and, a, and a wife that doesn't like it. And so, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, I mean, it's just it's not her thing. So, yeah. you know, and then she's so supportive that she'll jump in and, and help. Yeah. And so it's, it's just it's a, it's a nightmare. So, so get your ass out there. I'm going to be at the Tri Monroe in Monroe, Washington, six uh, June 22nd, and of course the down Spokane Downtown Criterium again. Another race. When is that? that? It's the sixth of July. Ooh, come yeah, up. another race that I am unfortunately not going to be able to race, but uh, an awesome, awesome, awesome event. Um, even if you don't race bikes, come down and watch that thing. I think I'll throw down on that. I think I'll do yeah. the downtown. Trail. It's a great ride. I think I'll, a, I'll, I won't announce it. Yeah. I will race it. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I you should you should. Um, is that a segue into your rant? Is that a pretty shitty segue into your yeah, rant? That's not bad. All right. Um, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a month since we have done our last show, and I apologize. It is my fault. Well. Mark took two of them, though. Three. So, three, three of them? Okay, three of them. Three percent of the fault. Um, we're going to be back on, on, of course, our regular basis because um, we can see the floor in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, without further ado, Mark Hudson. Anybody who knows that sound knows that that's the air deflating out of a tire. 
It's just the way it goes. Last weekend was actually pretty fun, and despite Pat's protestations to the contrary, we actually had a great time. All of Arrive, except for Chris, sorry, bud, couldn't make it. But uh, all of us went out there, and we went out there on a whim. Here's the way it went. I heard on Friday via text while I was sitting in court that, hey, you know what? There's a mountain bike race this weekend. I texted my wife, said, hey, I know I was gone all last weekend, but could I go out this weekend and solo a race? The answer, invariably, from my wife, who's actually wonderfully supportive, who does not share an athletic background, said, sure, honey, that's fine. We need to work in the yard next weekend then. So I showed up. Now, the funny part about this race was it was a four-hour solo. I did ask Pat, and Pat graciously and his family agreed that I could be on their team, but it was going to be a six-hour ride, and each lap, I figured, would take roughly an hour to 40 minutes. So that meant I'd be driving out to Farragut State Park for 16 miles. That didn't make a whole lot of sense, <laughs> even the entry fee, which, though we've discussed ad nauseum, so I'll leave that to you guys. However, I drove out, and I, I threw down, and I said, well, you know what? I don't think I want to race with a team. I'll just go ahead and race solo. I can survive four hours of just about anything. How bad could it be? In fact, the weekend before, it was pretty bad. I went to the 24-hour mountain bike race and thought, okay, well, I'll show up and see how bad it is. The thing I didn't really count on was that I hadn't really been on a mountain bike significantly for 16 years. <laughs> wow, that's a new experience. So... Just to put you into perspective, there's technical parts, fast parts, and really fast people. I learned very quickly that a little bit of humility would go an awful long ways. And there are some excellent mountain bike racers in the Spokane region. I was amazed to see people go by me, carry speed through a turn that I couldn't even match and could never hope to match. I found that technique mattered just as much as fitness. My fitness wasn't great, but my technique was worse. So... That, that was the 24-hour race. I showed up to this race, and that was great. We showed up. There were very few people. In fact, I was the first person to the race. Registration was not even open. I showed up, and of course, so what did I do? I texted Pat and said, hurry up. The field's filling. There's no way you're going to make it. <laughs> Hoping that Pat would drive at 70 miles an hour with a trailer behind him and get a speeding ticket. It's my little thing of a joke. It's a, we pass it back and forth. <laughs> It's no big deal. So anyway, I sat there. Roger showed up. By the time Pat had showed up, we'd all, we'd all registered, all three of us, Jesse included, Roger's wife. And we were throwing rocks in the dirt going, I wonder if anybody else is going to show up. <laughs> the next people that showed up were a couple people with mountain bikes. And the girl was actually quite fast. Of course, she had forgotten her shoes. So we all went to a race. And we started out. And, but for Arrive, we... There wouldn't have been much of a race. We were all there. And Trifusion, because Jesse wore Trifusion colors. I will give her that. And so we show up Trifusion and Arrive, and we make up the bulk of the starting line. There's a couple other people, and we start off. The funny part about it was, was this guy, who had to be no more than 25 years old, jumped around me at the beginning. I saw Pat and Roger go, Pat's on a team. Roger's a mutant. <laughs> I see him jump onto Pat's wheel. I'm like, oh, buddy, that's going to sting. <laughs> and so anyway, he goes off, and he goes. And I guess this is my rant, was the little voice inside your head during these races. Because I was out there for four hours pretty much by myself. I got lapped by Roger a couple of times, but I didn't really see anybody. I came through, and I went down, and I went up, and I went down, and I went up. And right around the fourth lap, I was, I was getting pretty tired. I had run out of nutrition. I was done. I go through the fourth lap. I know that I'm at about the three-hour mark on an eight-mile course. Well, we'll see if we make it through before the four-hour mark. After the four-hour mark, you can't go through again. 
about halfway through the lap, it's very clear to me that I'm not going to be above the four-hour mark. I'm going to be substantially below it. At that point, you think, well, what does it matter? Hardly anybody showed up to the race. What does it matter? Who cares? I could quit right now, and everybody would be fine. So I go through my fifth lap, and I believe I did six laps. So I go through my fifth lap, and I'm still below the four-hour mark. Crap. I'm still below the four-hour mark. Five laps is very respectable. This is hard. I'm hurt. I don't really have anything I want. And that little voice is going, what does it matter? What does it matter? It's no big deal. Who cares? Well, I went for the sixth lap. And granted, I didn't break any records, and I didn't do anything crazy. But the one thing was, the 25-year-old who jumped onto Pat's wheel quit at five laps. He quit. He was ahead of me. Ahead of me by a lot, because he jumped onto Pat's wheel. Well, guess what? I took a place from him, and I got second instead of third. That guy got third. He quit. I didn't. And I guess that's the rant, is against the little voice in your head. You know what? I had every reason not to start that race. I'd raced 24 hours a weekend before. I don't think my wife was too thrilled about it, and I did it anyway. My family supported me. My team supported me. And guess what? I went the extra mile and actually got silver instead of bronze. Why listen to that stupid little voice that we hear all the time, even when you're tired and it's uncomfortable? Stop it. It's worth more to just keep going because I'll guess what? Second is better than third. And by the way, I wasn't going to beat Roger anyway. In the Pack Filler Studios, I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hudson. We will catch you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.